Eat, sleep, movie. Repeat. Repeat. A podcast from Cafe Cinemas Kitty Kitty. Ross, eat, sleep, movie, repeat. I've been enjoying my jaffers that you gave me. Oh, you're very welcome. It was lovely to hand them over to you. I still feel I didn't need to, but I, I felt you were missing out. So, what did I win those for again? Was that Barbie and Oppenheimer? That was pretty. It was. It was pretty Barbie. I think it was. <laughs> I guess the right number at the box office. So that's for me. I mean. You know, you're the you're the expert in movies. I'm just the guy that goes along and eats Jaffers and watches them. So um, that's not bad for me. Well, I, judging by our numbers recently and the one we're about to announce, I don't know if we're experts at all, but let's let's get into it. Okay, so we talked about last time The Sound of Freedom, all the story behind it, and we, we took a punt on the numbers. So I guessed 2.1 million. You did. Mm. And I guessed 1.8. Yep. Ah, well, we were both miles away. Yeah, Sound of, so Sound of Freedom last week. Uh, it was was the number one film in New Zealand, but it only brought in $626,000, which is, is quite a low number comparatively, I guess. But it does give you an idea of the slowdown that we're starting to see in the economy and people are hunkering down for election uh, year. And, you know, we all, nobody knows what the future is going to bring, I suppose. So there's a bit of doom and gloom around and it does slow people down. But the film did stand up pretty well and a lot of people came out. So, um, you know, it's, I expect it's actually going to be one of those slow burn movies that the word of mouth on it will be strong with the people who went and saw it. And I think it'll probably play well into the next week. Well, I've seen a whole lot of posts on the community Facebook pages saying, hey, we're doing a, a fundraising screening and Sound of Freedom. I think I've seen about three of them so far. So there'll be some extra money coming in for sure. Oh, definitely. And I think um, that a lot of the churches and groups who supported the film will be, again, letting their, their congregations know that it's good. But it's it's not just a religious aspect because the reality is the film only had about two or three very small um, nods to that whole religious aspect of his of his storyline, which was part of his story. The rest of the film was really just a good, solid, you know, a story. It, there was nothing in that film that was anything other than a, just a good, slow-burning film. Yeah, because you've seen it, and um, I remember we had a chat before we did the podcast, and you, you enjoyed it, right? I did. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was actually like it's a hard watch. The first forty-five minutes are, are the toughest, in my opinion, and then the rest of the film becomes more of a will he be able to save this this young girl's life who's been who's been pulled into slavery but it's um yeah that first 45 minutes was pretty tough and i know that the audience reaction was pretty overwhelming as well we had a lot of people coming out of the theater in tears having a good cry some people had a big clap at the end and when they did a little announcement at the end there's a very small section two minutes after the film finishes where they talk about the film and, you know, I think the overwhelming support the film has had from everybody has been that it is a good, good, solid film. So Disney's Haunted Mansion, that's from one extreme to the other. Disneyland have a Haunted Mansion ride. It's been one of their, um, you know, classic theme park attractions since uh, very early on when Disneyland was first made. And this film, I mean, as like just like Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, they've turned that ride into a film. And it's about a woman and her son who basically move into a house and they think they got a pretty good deal on it. And then, of course, like so many of these uh, horror films, they get a bit of a rude awakening when a supernatural sort of uh, presence lets us know self be felt. But the good thing about these people is they're like really smart. Like all of us who watch these movies, they go, 
nope, no, we think we're going to get out of here. But then they become a bit more embroiled in it. So it's a nice, look, it's a family film. It's a good, solid, solid cast in, in the film itself. And I think that, you know, it's it's a nice film that's going to lead us into the school holidays at the end of September. Now, I'm looking forward to this movie. The first two movies are fantastic. The Equalizer 3, I cannot wait. Yeah, look, Denzel Washington's really made Equalizer his own, you know, in the part of Robert McCall. He has really, I think he's built those movies back up into a really cool trilogy. I don't think he wants to make any more. I believe this is going to be his last sort of outing as Robert McCall. But this is a, a situation where he's gone from being a government assassin. He's decided it's time to like put all that behind him. And he's just trying to find his way in life. And he finds himself a home in southern Italy. And it's a nice, quiet life. Um, no violence. And he's just having a nice, quiet time. And of course, being Italy, unfortunately, local crime bosses and the mafia sort of um, start coming in and, you know, affecting his life and the fr- and the lives of his friends. And he kind of decides, well, I have to deal with this. And um, yeah, deadly uh, things occur. It's brutal, but you go, you know what? They deserve that. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. I, I saw like the f- first eight or so minutes of the film at a, at a movie convention a while back. And I've got to say, it was pretty hardcore. Like it was pretty hardcore. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't for the faint of heart. The, the movies are rated. It's, I think it's R sixteen, and um, it deserves the R sixteen moniker. But if like if you're a fan of John Wick films, this is very very good. Now, past lives. I've heard a bit about this movie too. Yeah. Now this is um this is a, like a real sleeper hit almost. The film is sort of about a young woman who immigrates from South Korea, and she has a real deep connection with her childhood friend and of course he's a boy she's a girl they sort of separate so he stays in south korea and she has moved to the states and so 20 odd years later they basically find each other sort of almost like through facebook or something along those lines and they get together and then they suddenly kind of start reconnecting this little love story so it's kind of told a little bit of sort of a he said sort of she said kind of thing this woman's also obviously her life gets complicated because she's actually got a boyfriend or a husband Um, he's an american and you know they've already got a nice relationship but then she suddenly finds herself being pulled towards this guy whose name is hey sung he's the the guy who she's sort of falling in love with again and the film's been really really well received it's been playing at the um international new zealand international film festival and it's just got great word of mouth on it now scrapper yes scrapper this is a really sweet little film look scrapper like british films tend to be really really good they you know in new zealand tend to embrace british film at the end of october we have the british and irish film festival coming and so that's going to be a two-week period and i think that's going to be well received across new zealand but this film scrapper it really sort of stands out so this movie is about a young girl called Georgie. She's 12 and she's on living on her lo- own in London. Her mother has sort of passed away or disappeared and she's by herself, but she can't let anybody know. Otherwise, they'll put her into, um, you know, they'll put her into a home for young children who've been abandoned and she doesn't want that. So it's all about how she's living her life up until her father turns up. I want to talk about the writer's strike and the, all these strikes happening in Hollywood and how that affects the cinema business. I mean, June was supposed to be coming out this year, part two, but it's been moved to next year. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. So Dude was supposed to release 
in November, I think it was November 1st from, or November 2nd, it was due to release. And it's now been pulled into 2024, which is a real disappointment because that was like one of the, the big tentpole films that was going to sort of bring us through November into December and into the Christmas period. So the writer's strike, for those of you who aren't aware, basically the writers in, in America went on strike en masse because they were concerned about AI coming in and um, taking all their jobs. And obviously people are using chat GPT to write things and stuff, and they didn't want to lose their jobs to AI. So they went on strike and the studios sort of wouldn't play ball. And then, of course, that led to the actors going on strike. So in support of the writers. So then, of course, now no films are being made and no films are being written and the whole thing's kind of grinding to a halt. Problem with that is that what it means is that the actors can't go out and actually promote their films. So you don't see them on late night talk show. You don't see them doing any junkets. They're not going around film festivals and stuff because they're on strike. So without that additional promotion that the studios would usually have the concern that nobody's going to know about these films so of course that's why they are pulling the release dates or pushing release dates back because they want to make sure that these films are actually given the best you know promotion that they can possibly be given so it does have an impact on the industry all the way down because every cinema in the world was expecting these movies to come out and they're working their budgets out on these movies years in advance so they're trying to work out how they're going to pay for equipment and stuff and when suddenly these things don't come out it means that the revenue drops and that of course then affects the staff because you suddenly say to the staff look I'm so sorry we, we, we thought we were going to be busy now we're not going to be busy we need to pull your hours back so there are big knock-on effects that involve across the industry so yeah it's quite a it's quite a tricky thing at the moment and we're hoping that it'll be resolved pretty soon hopefully this year but um, it remains to be seen because it's outside of our control. Yeah, I mean, there's a few other movies that they are releasing still. I think the the second Aquaman still coming out at the normal time, things like that. Yeah, some movies have been given exemptions. Um, that's, but most recently it was Barbie. It was a good example because it kind of got in there beforehand. But um, there are a couple of films that have released uh, with exemption. There are also a lot of films that are in that second tier kind of film I guess you'd call them, who don't necessarily spend that money on those junkets and don't need that extra sort of advertising. And of course, with school holidays coming up, you know, kids' films generally don't need too much in the way of advertising because they tend to put those, um, just put the trailer on YouTube and the kids can, you know, find out about the movie that way. So it's certainly, it's not going to grind the business to an entire halt, but it does put a little bit of pressure on those real big blockbusters that I think we're all looking forward to. And uh, we want to talk about something happening too with Tiki Tane. Yeah, yeah, this is actually quite exciting. So there's a, as you know, with COVID, the festival circuit got very, very hit hard during the last few years. And so there's a festival up in uh, Pai here, which is just coming back online and they're very happy to announce the other day that Tiki Tare is the lead act on the festival and this is in October so it's actually uh, October 6th and it's also on October 7th and Tiki Tare is there for two days now he actually did a film in 2022 with the Christchurch Symphony Orchestra where he performed with them and this has been filmed and it's it's through his own production company and so just out of the blue, I got a, uh, an email from Tiki Tane saying, hey, I'm coming up and I'm doing this thing. Would you mind if I put my movie on? I was like, well, 
awesome. Let's let's do that. So uh, he is said, yep, fantastic. I'll do it. I'll perform. Come and see my movie, and then he'll do a Q and A after the movie, uh, which is fantastic. So that's um, I think off the top of my head, it's seven o'clock October sixth. We can talk about this a bit more closer to the event, but it's Friday October the sixth at the moment, and we've already sold like thirty tickets. So that's that's pretty good. All right, so people should get to your website and start booking the tickets for that now, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And you'll you'll find it on the top of the website. There's a big banner that's on the website. Thanks for listening to Eat, Sleep, Movie, Repeat. Cafe Cinema's Kitty Kitty bring you the best in entertainment. Find out more and book your tickets online at cafecinemas.co.nz.